what is health? Well, that depends on who you ask. Some would define it as the absence of illness or injury, and others would say it's a state of complete physical, mental, and social well being. From the time we are little, we're taught to exercise and eat healthy, but often the emotional part is forgotten. In fact, we're told not to cry, training us to suppress our emotions from an early age. We don't realize how ignoring our emotions can contribute to addictions and sickness. We often need help from a therapist, nutritionist, or other specialist to unlearn these behaviors. Sometimes it takes that extra nudge, guidance, and love from a person who can coach us and train us to reprogram our inner beliefs. Because health is where the physical, emotional, and nutritional parts of us intersect. We all have them, and we can all heal them. In our first episode, we learned about aha moments and how they influence our health and lifestyle. They help us to recognize when we have an issue and teach us what shifts we can make in our lives. In today's episode, number two, we'll be talking about implementing this new way of life, how our health improves with it, what pitfalls to avoid, and what benefits we can expect, such as clear thinking, less pain, better moods, and greater success and happiness. Welcome, everybody, and thanks for joining us on our second episode of Health Talk with Dr. Kel. I'm your host, Nikki Sterner, and I want to thank you for spending time with us as we discuss ways to empower you on your health journey. Hi, Dr. Kel. Hi, Nikki. Thanks for joining us again. Thank you. On our second episode. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're happy to have you back. You didn't have a choice, though, And right? every week. Yeah. There, there we go. <laughs> okay, last time we were discussing um, your journey to health and how when you were in eighth grade... You were the last one to finish the race in PE, and it didn't feel good. Well, you remember all the details. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I remember that. Okay. <laughs> I was picturing it in my head. Yeah, you yeah. with your little belly and, you know, okay. panting. Okay. Yeah, it was, it was okay. really cute. Okay. We don't have to go there that deep, but uh, it's okay. Do. I think it's we okay. do. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, hmm. So okay. this week, I wanted to go um, talk about your healthy way of life a little bit more in detail. So can you tell us about when you implemented this new way of life and how your health improved with it? Well, the first thought that came to mind when I look back to that time, um, I remember at one point telling my mother that I needed a weight set. And uh, mm -hmm. in fact, Christmas wasn't too far away. And, and I said, so I want that for Christmas. And they got me a weight set for Christmas. And so I started lifting weights. Um, and to be honest, after my experience running around the track, I, I decided that running was not my favorite thing to do. However, <laughs> we all know that it is a good form of, of exercise. Um, not always good for everyone's knees, but uh, oh, walking's great and, and uh, running for those who who are built for it, I think, is, is great. True. Um, if you're really overweight, I wouldn't recommend it. Mm -hmm. uh, so talking about me, um, and that's really what I started doing. I started lifting weights. I've got the weight set and, and, uh, um, just kind of got more active. Uh, I already had some understanding. We talked about my grandmother before of, uh, you know, supposed to be eating healthy. So I quit eating or at least cut back on the chips and the soda and, uh, all the junk food and, and, uh, um, slowly started eating better food. It's it's about what I would say I've done and what most people do, and that's uh, um, going in cycles. 
and and unfortunately for most people, you know, you see the the dedicated individual who is so focused that they keep that going, whatever their routine is, it it never changes. That's just the way it is. I have I have a father in law who's who's German and he's a great man and he is that kind of person. He I think he's he has done his exercise routine uh, at least once a day for sixty plus years. I mean, I don't think he's ever changed. Um, the uh, um, I have not been that kind of person. Um, having knowledge and implementing knowledge are, are two different things. And some are very good at implementing and others are great at listening to it and never doing a thing about it. Um, we don't want anyone to be that way. And, and part of what we're doing here is trying to, over time, help people uh, find that place, find that time where they can uh, figure out how to make that change and and have a consistent change. Um, I've gone in cycles where I exercised, worked out, ate better food. And, you know, I, I would say the biggest single factor in in that's affected my life and caused those cycles are interaction with people. Um, your friends make a big difference in your life. The people that you hang out with, your family. Um, are you around people that eat healthy? Are you around people that uh, eat junk all the time? Um, if you're prone and you got a sweet tooth, you, you won't, you're hanging out with other people with a sweet tooth. You guys are going to have a party um, from time to time. It, it's like, it, you know, we're talking about health in general, but we can get deeper into things like addictions. But um, an addicted person is physically addicted. The, the other side of it, like sugar and junk food, it, it's an emotional addiction. And uh, we're going to get deeper over time into uh, the differences and what people can do about those things. Now, why should we implement it? What pitfalls should we avoid? Well, the first part of that, why should why should one bother doing it? I don't know. You have to decide that for yourself. I, I did it because I wanted to be healthier. I try to do it and continue to do it because I, you know, I'm 62 years old, but who knows how long I'll live. Um... The uh, people that live healthier do live longer, and even more importantly, I mean, length of life I don't think is near as important as quality of life. Um, you know, we can go on and on about on the differences, but why keep, you know, I don't know, it's, it's a political subject today, but, uh, mm-hmm. you know, why keep people alive if they're in misery? I, I don't agree with that, but it is the way we do things, um, and so... Think about it yourself. You got to figure it out yourself. Why do you want to do it? Are, are you? Do you think you'll have a happier, um, more productive life if, if you exercise and eat right and keep your emotional? Well, actually, exercise and eating right helps that emotional side of it function more normally. But those three are so important. And and I don't know. Are you happy sitting there on the couch eating potato chips, watching TV, um, or you're watching your whatever? or listening to whatever, are you just sitting around doing nothing? Are you happy with that? Maybe you are. I know a guy, he's probably 350 pounds and, and in about my age, and and he uh, he's actually a happy guy. Um, he <laughs> he uh, plans to retire soon. He, he lives in a mobile home park, doesn't have a lot of aspirations, but he's the nicest guy on the planet and everybody's friend. He's content with the way he is. He's, his knee's about blowing out, going to need a new knee soon. His back, everything hurts. Um, he doesn't necessarily feel great, but he does smile all the time whenever I talk to him. Um, 
does he want to make any changes? He doesn't feel the changes at this point in his life are going to make that big of a difference. I, I disagree. But he's got to decide for himself, as do all of you. I'm, I can encourage everyone to do things as you can to me. But um, until I get, find that desire, that drive, or recognize the benefit. So you're saying that people need to decide for themselves what is important in my life. And if health is important to me and quality of life is important, then what changes do I need to make? And, and then they'll make it because it's important to them. That's what you're saying? How, how bad they want it. How bad That's do they all, want all, it? How bad does someone want it? And it, what, it, what do uh, they need to look out for when they're making those changes? What pitfalls are out there? Well, I think like anything in life, when someone makes a change, they have to have something happen in their life that causes them to recognize they need to, no matter what it is. I just, I want to play the guitar. Okay. I, well, if I'm going to do that, I got to go buy one and get a teacher. Um, the, uh, um, a teacher, a mentor. Yeah. Oh, and, and we're going to get into that, I think in the future too, about coaches and, and, and mentors and, and how they can help person stay on the path. Yeah, absolutely. I know you guys have helped me so much on my journey. I thought I knew a lot about health before I showed up here with my neck pain and I didn't realize the emotional struggle that I had that was causing all of my physical pain, not all of it, but, you know, in addition to eating, you know, whatever I wanted sugar wise, but the sugar and the emotions were all tied together. It was crazy. I didn't realize how much I had stuck inside. So you're right. I mean, we have a lot to learn still, and we need those coaches and mentors like you guys to help us along. So thank you for making that for me and my kids. So okay. as our, as someone decides, okay, I am I'm going to make some changes. I'm going to do this. What struggles come up when they decide that? What can they not foresee? I've just kind of learned to laugh over the years at things. Inevitably, when someone tries to make a change, make a goal, whatever, it's like the sky's falling down um, at times because there's immediate opposition Um, for most of us. Not for everybody, but for most of us, there's some form of opposition to make that change because now they've, we're all comfortable with dealing with the things we um, do on a daily basis with uh, our habits and, and, and our routine. And when we disrupt that routine, that in itself is an emotional trauma. Um, and it could be a physical trauma. If all of a sudden you're, you, you, you've never exercised and you decide you're going to go out jogging and run four miles the first day and, and then suffer for the next week. Um, so don't do that. Um, you want to go into it. If you're going to start exercising, you want it to be a smooth transition from I'm not doing anything to doing, you know, go out, go for a walk around the block. We go, you know, a, a, a limited hike in the hills or, or, or mountains or the beach, whatever. Um, you know what a lot of people forget too? A lot of people forget to, to stretch. Absolutely. With working out. Me being one of them. I mean, you've taught me, you know, four different stretches that I do a few times a week. And I notice when my body starts to tighten up that, oh, I need to go and have my body stretch and I need a partner to stretch me. Like it's not something that I can do just by myself. Yeah, especially if you're doing the active type stretching that I've showed you as opposed to just a static stretch where you just take it and push on it. Um, yeah, there's a lot involved with the physical aspects. And I think over time we'll cover many of those things in the podcast that, uh, um, discussing uh, things like stretches and and exercising, and, and we're just covering, you know, when I think if you're going to look at the triad, call the triad of health, um, 
the uh, the exercise is usually the easiest place to begin. Um, mm-hmm. It's harder to change your diet. Uh, it's uh, um, emotionally um, can that can take some time and, and effectiveness on on helping you emotionally. But just just getting out and doing some exercise. If you're a depressed person and and you have a lot of uh, um, just feeling that despair in your life. Um, just getting out or taking walks on a daily basis can change that. Nothing, nothing more than that uh, can uplift your spirits. And if you can really get into a routine of, you know, exercising for, you know, if you've got the time, I would say an hour a day, um, you know, even 15 to 30 minutes, if that's all you got and that's all you got in you is better than nothing. That, that alone can change your perception about life. Um, so you're getting an emotional boost from exercise. Uh, pitfalls that we were talking about, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the maintaining, the consistency. It's I think that's the single biggest one, especially when f- people first start out, is creating a routine. Um, you know, I've heard different people say you got to do something for 30 days, you got to do it for 21 days. You, you know, point is you got to do it straight every day for a while. Yeah. To for it to become a habit, and uh, so I mean, I, I think a good goal is to. Every day for the next 30 days, I'm going to go for a walk around the block or or I'm if you've got some weights, I'm, I'm going back to the garage. I'm going to stay in there for 15 minutes. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm going to stay in there for 15 minutes, whether the first day is just looking at the weights, whatever. Um, <laughs> just begin. Um, so I liked what you said about having friends and family to, oh, yeah. to help you with the changes because I know like when I have someone that I need to check in with, on a daily basis, I am more likely to follow through with what I'm doing, whether it's for acting or exercise or diet. If I'm coming in weekly to see a nutritionist or something, if I'm checking in with someone, I think it makes a big difference. It makes all the difference. Um, most of us can't do things totally on our own. We need a sounding board or, or preferably someone who who's an encouragement. Mm-hmm. Uh, friends and family can talk about pitfalls is uh, telling everyone you're going to go do all this and knowing that those you go tell don't do any of it either. And uh, some of them you may get to go, oh, I'll do it with you. Others may get to go, what are you going to do that for? And because if they're not up for anything like that, they want to drag you down and keep you where they're at. Um, so you got to think about the people you're going to tell. You want to tell people that are going to be supportive mm-hmm. and uh, want to be involved and helpful because um, not everybody does, and not. But there are those that you, you know, you start doing it, and you've got some friends or family that don't do it. Don't use them as a support. I recommend, but um, let them know how you're doing and how you're feeling and how th- your life has improved because of it. And you may be a motivation for them. Um, so uh, that's where I would go with that. And and I think uh, those are some of the big ones. I mean. That's true. Sometimes I think it's more what you're doing that people see than than what you say to them. I think yes, that can really absolutely. make an impact. Even especially with this lifestyle, because not everyone's going to believe what you say, you know. Um, but when they see how you feel and changes that you made in your life and how it's impacted you in a positive way, I think that really does show people. Yeah, social I, proof. I I just can't, thought came to mind husband and wife. Um, oftentimes the longer you're married, um, 
and it can be in the beginning too, but in the longer you're married, typically the, the less trusting you are or supportive you are of each other um, is, is not an uncommon thing. Um, and if oftentimes they can be the least supportive of you doing something um, when you go to do it. So unless you know they're going to be your support, I wouldn't have them be your coach either. Um, <laughs> however, however, um, if you're if you feel good, and, and your mental state is, is where it needs to be. Um, when those difficulties occur within your marriage, don't you think your response is going to be different? And if your spouse sees your response is different and it's a more positive response rather than a n- negative or nagging response, they're going to recognize you just made a change. And what was that change? Oh, you decided to exercise and it changed my mood and, and, uh, um, Oh, I'm a nicer person. Aren't you happier to be around me? <laughs> you know, and yeah. and so think about it can benefit your marriage too. Getting healthier. Yeah, my husband would agree with you on that. Very as good. far as moods go. <laughs> All right. Um, how will this work for us? How do you see this impacting our lives? Making these changes. Well, we kind of touched on that in different ways, but uh, uh, greater quality of life. So we're, we want a list of. Uh, Sure. The yeah. benefits of of making the change, of deciding, hey, I want to live a healthier life as opposed to um, being uncomfortable all the time. I mean, our body does accommodate. We can get used to feeling poor. Um, but most of the time when people feel that way, they can become used to it. But if they deepen deeper into depression to where you have suicidal thoughts or even just very negative thoughts, hateful thoughts all the time um, about people or the things, about government, about, you know, whatever it might be, that should be a trigger for you to recognize, hey, I need to make a change. And change can be made. And the benefits are that will go away. You will think better, think more clearly. Um, I think all the coaches out there would agree that that if you want to be successful in life, you need to be healthy. You need to be have an exercise routine um, because your mind just thinks differently. And and ideas, thoughts, uh, abilities may come to mind, may develop and open up that you never thought about. And uh, you may find greater success in life because of those things. So that's a big one. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're all looking for a sense of happiness and success. Um, but we often don't know how to get there or even if we discover how to get there or have a list of ways to get there, finding the direction and motivation to to actually apply it in our life um, is missing. So uh, benefits of, long, you know, another one is living longer in life. Um, but we don't just want to live longer. We want to enjoy it. Uh, Jack LaLanne, um, we know the, I don't know if your generation even knows Jack LaLanne, mm-hmm. um, but uh, he was... He was my parents' generation, really, at his peak. Um, but he was one of the first people in the United States to have a, a gym, to open up a gym. I think it was in the 1940s or 30s. I can't remember now. But um, he died at 95 or 96. And this guy was such a powerhouse that he had an exercise routine that he had done throughout his life. And the day he died, he his wife, if I recall the story correctly, um, an article I read, uh, something to the effect that he uh, um, had developed pneumonia and his wife told him not to go exercise that day and he refused. <laughs> and he went and exercised and it was just too much for his body. 
Oh, and wow. uh, he died. But I think the guy'd be—he's one of those guys you figure would have lived to 120 and still felt good if if he had not been a little stubborn that day. Sounds like uh, he did what he loved, though. Oh when yeah, he was dying. and he—you he, know—people were some older people will remember commercials that he did on on. He had a juicer and uh, other products. That's why it sounds uh, familiar. Um, mm-hmm. But he he uh, was an amazing guy and and at a good example to the rest of us. What what good is it to live to be 90? I'm not the kind of person who's going to take medication to keep me alive. Okay. Just so you know. Um, yeah. I, I'm not. I tell my family that. I, I think we're all just visiting here on the earth anyway. God gave us an opportunity to go to, uh, to his version of Disneyland. Our problem is we just have mm. a hard time recognizing it. Um, <laughs> I feel like I want to have quality of life. I want to live as long as I can live in a state of quality of, of health. If everything starts to fall apart, um, and some at some point it will, it just is inevitable. We're, we weren't uh, created or don't appear to have been created, at least at this point, to to be around forever. That's why I say it's just a visit. Yeah. Um, so, um, so it sounds like let's make the most of it while we're here. Let's absolutely. have the best quality of life be able to think clearly, have less pain, better moods, greater success and happiness in our lives. That's what we all want, I think. And couldn't, couldn't have said it better. <laughs> I think you did say it. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on. And on our next episode, we're going to be talking about the biggest insecurity that prevents people from choosing this lifestyle, which I think it is a tough choice and it is a hard choice, but it is one that really pays off for most people that do choose it. So I'm looking forward to speaking with you again, Dr. Kel. Sounds good. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the podcast, everybody. Uh, Be sure to subscribe and listen to us wherever you listen to podcasts. We are so happy you joined us today and we'll see you again next week. While we make every effort to broadcast correct information, we are still learning. We will double check all facts, but realize that medicine is a constantly changing science and art. One doctor may have a different way of doing things from another. We are simply presenting our views on how to live a healthy lifestyle that will be as evidence-based as possible. We welcome any comments, suggestions, or corrections of errors. We take no money from drug or device companies. By listening to this podcast, you agree not to use this podcast as medical advice to treat any medical condition in either yourself or others, including but not limited to patients that you are treating. Consult your own physician for any medical issues that you may be having. This entire disclaimer also applies to any guests or contributors to the podcast. Under no circumstances shall Dr. Kel Fullerton or any guests or any contributors to the podcast or any employees, associates, or affiliates of Dr. Kel Fullerton be responsible for damages arising from use of this podcast. This blog should not be used in any legal capacity whatsoever, including but not limited to establishing standard of care in a legal sense or as a basis of expert witness testimony. No guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of any statements or opinions made on this podcast. Our website, blog, and podcasts are all HIPAA compliant. While you may give your email address to subscribe to the website posts or to post information on the website blog, we will never share your email address or contact information with any third parties without your explicit permission. The contents of Health Talk with Dr. Kell podcast and the show notes are all copyrighted. All blog posts, podcasts, and show notes that are distributed to the public for free can be redistributed via hard copy or electronic copy for free only if Health Talk with Dr. Kell is included as the acknowledged author within the actual media that is being redistributed. The Health Talk with Dr. Kell podcast is a production of The Orange Stack with executive producers Dr. Kell Fullerton and Eric Hammond and hosts Nikki Sterling.